The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more during the Super Bowl than with FanDuel. And new users can bet $5 to win $280 in cash on either team to win. I love FanDuel because it offers great promos for both new users and existing users like me with an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, I love combining multiple bets from the same game to build same game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. New users only, $10 first deposit required, must wager in designated offer market, max bonus $280. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. It is Tuesday of Super Bowl week. Somehow we are getting through the two weeks and we are finally at the point where we can start talking legit, actionable content. Me and my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter, brother. Chad, I instantly regretted this morning not reading Matt Mitchell's email over the weekend because I had no idea we we're doing a live show today. <laughs> Then I saw the live email where it's like, here's the live header. I was like, oh my God, I'm not a fan of these live shows because if we do a podcast, I have a 1% chance of being fired. When we do a live show, it's a 99% chance of me getting fired. Fortunately, look, we are going to do two shows this week, as we've discussed. You and I, we're going to do what we always do on Thursdays. We're going to review the sharp calls that we've been getting about the game, the sides, the totals. It'll be a quick show because we've talked a lot about what's happening with the Bengals and the Rams. Today... We are doing our very own favorites version of Prapa Palooza with our Convince Me colleagues, our own little panel of experts here, Chris Raybon, Sean Kerner. There's nobody better, nobody better at player props in the entire world than these two guys. I had true glory. So I'm in LA. Anyone who's a regular viewer or listener of the podcast will see that my background is different. I'm in LA already, flew out on Monday morning. I wake up in the morning very early for my flight. I get on the plane. And before I get on the plane, I see we've downloaded the new Action Network podcast with Raybon and Kerner, Propapalooza, Pure Player Props. I had to lay some money down on bets before I even took off. I had the pilot hold the plane just so I can make sure I did it legally while I was in the state of Connecticut. Raybon, Kerner's not going to say anything mean about me. I see you shaking your head. The good thing about this is that, Simon, you don't have to worry about getting canceled or fired because I'm still the number one person that's more likely to, most likely to get 
fired and or canceled on the show. So let's see what happens. I'm going to see Raybon and Kerner tomorrow night for dinner here in L.A. One of the last times I saw Raybon post work for an event before the pandemic, it was very late at night. We were at a restaurant. He yelled things that nobody should be yelling in public and then passed out at the table. Literally put his head down on the table, passed out, I think like in the middle of a very, very expensive uh, sort of uh, curated pizza. Sounds about right. On that note, let's get the pot started. Let's Kerner, get this started. Kerner, how excited are you for player props Super Bowl week? Uh, super excited. I, I want the game to start already. It's, it's already, you know, Tuesday, but I, I just want it to start. I can't wait, you know, six more days. So let's, let's get it rolling. Well, listen, you're a SoCal native. This is a big deal for you. We're going to get to sort of your guys, all three of you, your best player props. We can do a little mini convince me. I'm excited to see what you guys say so I can decide which one of these are the best ones. But um, before we get to that, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of player props. And the way this market has grown over the past 15 years even, but really accelerated the past five years, it used to be bookmakers are taking a week to get out three or 400 player props that they're printing on sheets that every better has to go get at the book if they want to bet these player props. Now they're coming out within 48 hours and they're everywhere. So before we get to the players, like Kerner, I want to start with you. What markets have you seen that you immediately thought, okay, there's an opportunity? So, I mean, first off, I look at every single market and I try to come up with a way to, to project whatever that market is. Um, and I have two non-player props that I, I think are winners. Uh, and the first one's a field goal prop and it's the shortest field goal made over 27 and a half yards. Um, so, you know, obviously if either kicker gets a field goal attempt inside 25, uh, inside 27 yards, this prop is toast. So I looked at, you know, the season long data and 12.5% of Evan McPherson and Matt Gay's attempts have been inside the 27 yard line. I would put this around, you know, a 60% chance of hitting that, you know, if there is a field goal made that there's going to be, there's not going to be a field goal within 27 half yards. And let me just say that double check with your book, this prop should be voided if there's no field goal made. Um, so that's part of my calculation is if there's at least one field goal made, uh, there's a 60% chance that. We're not going to see one under 27 and a half yards. So I love that one. And the other one that I like that I would never bet on like any other Super Bowl is which team will call the first time out. Uh, and I think in this case, the Rams should be the clear favorite. Anytime you watch a Rams game, it's pretty clear that Sean McVay doesn't really care for timeouts. He just uses them like they're going out of style. So uh, one guy, Michael Lopez, did an in-depth analysis on you know coaches and their use of timeouts. And Sean McVay led the league with 2.9 unnecessary timeouts per game. And I can't think of a more unnecessary timeout typically than the first timeout. I went back and I was going to just see, you know, how the Rams have called timeouts the past few games. Um, and I went back and I saw they have called the first timeout in nine straight games. So that's that's enough for me to take what's typically a pick em. You could get Rams probably minus 115 at most books. So uh, that's my other favorite non-player prop prop. All right. I have so many follow-up questions for you, but they're not about the actual props. They're about process. So mm -hmm. let me get to Raybon. Kerner just gave us first time out called shortest field goal, 27 and a half yards, bet it or don't bet it. What is your non-player prop market that you looked at and thought, I got to get after it? 
So I'm looking at what's going to happen early in the game. And I know people, especially people betting props uh, that don't bet props often, uh, probably are going to love these kind of things because you get your action decided pretty quickly early on. So the first thing I'm looking at is the first play of the game. Will it be a pass attempt or a rush attempt? And I love pass attempt at plus 118. Now you might look at the Rams and say, okay, you know, they only pass about 40% of the time uh, on their first play, but the Bengals have passed on their first play 16 of 20 times this year. So that's 80%. So you average those two out, you get about 60%, and you're getting first play of the game as a pass at plus 118. Uh, and also the Rams have been known to pass early uh, on their first play against the tougher run defenses. So, you know, teams like San Francisco, they'll pass. And, and the, the Bengals actually do have a better run defense than they have a pass defense. So I think the Rams are, uh, true odds are better than 40% as well. So I think at, it's at least 50-50 that the first play of the game is going to be a pass. Uh, and you're getting plus 122. So I would take this at anything uh, even money or better. Uh, then the next one, no points in the first six minutes at minus 122. I love that. Uh, historically, Super Bowl first quarters have been very low scoring. Teams are trying to feel each other out early on in the game, not trying to do anything too crazy. So I went back and looked at the, the, both of these teams. Cincinnati scored in the first six minutes 20% of the time this year, uh, and so did the Rams. Cincinnati allowed a score in the first six minutes 25% of the time. The Rams allowed one 15% of the time. So about an 80% chance that uh, each for each team, you do some math. Uh, so to combine it for both teams, you get about a 64% chance that neither team should score uh, in the first six minutes. That's about minus 170. The odds are minus 122 at FanDuel. Again, I think you have some great value there. Uh, and the final one is the first quarter under. Uh, at under 10, you can get at FanDuel, uh, nine and a half of some other places. But this season, Cincinnati 13-6-1 toward the under in the first quarter. The Rams 14-6 toward the under in the first quarter. That is 27-12-1 first quarter unders. And the Super Bowl in general, uh, has been very profitable uh, skewing to first quarter unders. So uh, love those three early in the game props. First play of the game pass, no points in the first six, and the first quarter under. Do you feel like, uh, A, the, the first play of the game being a pass, that is like legit uncut gems, degenerate style <laughs> betting. That is how you kick off your Super Bowl. Like right away, you've got a win or a loss. Right. As soon as you do it, it almost makes me too nervous to do it. But for all three of you, Simon, you answer first. Do you feel like books are starting to adjust to a slower than people would normally expect pace of play first half, first quarter, because the trends have been for these games to be lower scoring in the first 30 minutes of the game? Honestly, not really. They opened all the books open probably minus 120. That second half would be most points. And now the professionals have betted it's up to minus 145, minus 140. So it, it's one of those that every year they open it up. And they're like, we'll let the people decide. And every year we just bet the second half to have the most points. So Chris touched on a little bit. It's with these props. I want people to keep in mind where if you have a really close number, if you already like the under, you usually should bet the under in these props. If you like the over, you take a bunch of over in the props. It's kind of one of those where it's like, if you're going to bet your props, kind of bet how you think the game's going to go. So I'm right there with Chris. I think it's going to be an under game. I love the first half under. So I'm I'm really liking those bets where I look at this matchup and it's like we have two quarterbacks their first times in it. And I know people are going to bring up how the Patriots used to start always start slow, even though Tom Brady had been there before. It's just jitters. It feels like any team 
they're human. You're in the biggest game. It's like an hour, two hours. You're just sitting there waiting for this game to start. It starts, and we just see the defense always kind of has an upper hand to start the game. So I love betting these unders, especially these first half unders. What were the sort of your non-player prop markets that you were paying attention to? Um, it all depends. I mean, looking at this one, like I know Stucky says he hates betting things before the game starts. I actually love that. It's like, I'm a gambler. Let's get this started. So heads or tails, like I'm all into that stuff. I tell people to ask me, should they bet? I say, yeah, throw a couple of bucks on it. You literally are losing money technically by the value. Like it should just be even money. They're charging you minus 110. Like the books know what they're doing. It's free money for the sports books, but it's fun. Like everyone's sitting there on the TV, drinking your beer, betting that. So for a more serious one, I love the two-point conversion. Every year it's at a plus number. We've just seen the last, especially the last 20 years where these coaches have kind of updated their playbooks. If a team gets down double digits in the Super Bowl historically, the two-point hits at 80% clip. So that means if either team gets up by two touchdowns, we're going to be cashing this bet. Last year didn't work out for us with uh, the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs just couldn't score a touchdown. So it's mainly you need the team chasing to get the two-pointers, and it didn't work out for us last year. Makes me love it even more this year. It's uh, it's a good number, too. I'm seeing a plus 135 at certain books. I think it's plus 120 at FanDuel. Raybon and Kruner, you both mentioned heavily researched props, you know, mentioning digging in Raybon the number of times the Bengals and the Rams have run a pass or a run on the first play of the game. Um, Kerner, the number of times these field goal kickers have kicked something under 27 yards and very specific numbers. And then Kerner, you mentioned you basically want to bet every market that is available, hundreds and hundreds of prop markets available. How much time does this take you? Like, how are you doing this so quickly? Oh, I'm not. It takes me two weeks. So I'm glad that we have a two week ramp up. Uh, for the Super Bowl. And, you know, I'm running simulators. I'm doing all these things. And so I made a good point. You know, when I start making these prop bets, I kind of want them all to correlate too. So, you know, like if I start having, you know, a portfolio of five to six player props, like going forward, I kind of want all my bets to kind of like line up with the narrative uh, that they're, you know, describing. So like I, I meticulously usually end up with about 10 to 15 props. You said, I try, you know, I want to bet every market. That's true, but I only end up on about 10 to 15, uh, you know, prop bets. Rayban, what about you? The research I would be doing for the entire slate on a normal NFL week, which is, you know, 16 games usually. Um, Cause you know, I write up the big, the big column about each game. I just kind of put that into the different prop markets. So when I first start, I just kind of look at all of the markets and I kind of hone in on the ones that I can actually do some research that I think, Hey, you know, the, I understand how the books, or I try to understand how the books put out their initial number. And if I see something like, you know, first play of the game, they're not going to spend too much time on that, but a lot of people are going to bet it. So I'm going to go back and actually say, you know what? I would never look at this for a normal NFL week. You probably wouldn't even get that available, but now I can actually dig into the data and get the exact numbers uh, and see how close they are, you know, to, to the odds. So I just kind of treat every different market like a, an individual NFL game. But how much of this is chicken in the egg? And what I mean by that is Kerner or Raybon. Kerner, you're running a simulator. Raybon, you're thinking, okay, that's a prop that could be interesting to me. Are you looking in some kind of spreadsheet that you have that says, hey, there could be a little bit of an edge here? Or is it just I test I want to see something that's interesting and that's what I'm going to spend my time researching. Raybon, you first. 
I do it that way. I, I just kind of look at the entire market because I'm, I the odds in my head, like I can kind of ballpark where they should be for each market. So it's kind of just, just like I would kind of on a normal prop market, like, um, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of look over that, you know, and then kind of say, okay, here's what I want to check and, and kind of do more research on. Cause in my head, these odds don't quite match up or there might be an edge here, or there just might be some specific information here that gives me the best number. If I don't know that sometimes I don't even know what the number should be, but I know I can do the research to find out. And I know the books didn't put that much time in it, but yeah, I'm just kind of looking over the markets. Cause you do have to prioritize your time. I mean, there are like hundreds of markets, as you said. So that's why we're kind of here, you know, we're going to do it in categories like our our favorite non-player props, our favorite player props. I do it the same way. I kind of bundle it into categories and, and then go from there. What I like is Raybon is always trying to give people markers. He like, you know, you think he's just going to be the drunk guy at the end of the night who's yelling crazy things. But the truth is he's looking for structure. Kerner, are you using your simulators to help you define which bets you want to do more research on? Absolutely. And similar to Raybon, you know, I, I am combing through just seeing like real quick, which ones stand out to me, but I, I do rely on my simulator to kind of find value. And then I, I, I can narrow down which props, you know, I'm going to be on. Um, and for example, like a Cooper, uh, Cooper cup prop, I wanted the over and I knew I had to lock that in immediately because a market like that, you figure everyone's going to be betting on is over. Whereas other markets, I feel like, you know, the odds are going to go up and I'll get a better number later in the week. So I think it all comes down to timing as with everything betting related, but, you know, I try to time when I think I can get the best number two. That's, that's part of my process as well. All right. There is one more non-player prop that I want to get to. Uh, I'm going to start with Simon. I'm going to end with Raybon because I know this is something that he loves to do research on. I would say the two props that people will be most interested in are what color is the Gatorade that will be dumped on the winning coach and national anthem? We will never get a better story about Gatorade than um, Drew Franklin, uh, who is from Kentucky and uh, works in a lot of uh, radio there, um, told a great story on our podcast, which was Jared Lorenzen, who was forever the sort of beloved former quarterback at Kentucky 300 pound guy who played quarterback in the NFL as a backup for the giants when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl the first time uh, he was on the sideline before the game and he looked in the Gatorade canisters for both the Patriots and the giants and then texted all of his buddies back in Kentucky and told them what color Gatorade was in each container. So that way they could bet what color Gatorade was going to be dumped on the winning coach based on whoever they thought they was going to win the game. So if the friends thought that the Patriots are going to win, they could bet that color. If they thought the Giants were going to win, they could bet that color. That is the greatest tip, the greatest Gatorade betting story you could ever possibly have. Simon, do you have an opinion on the other prop that everyone is going to talk about, which is the, the national anthem? So do you have thoughts on the national anthem? How do you bet the national anthem? Will you be betting the national anthem this year? I mean, I try to cheat like everyone else. Like last year, we had a guy leak um, early video of her singing the national anthem, and everyone was about able to get on the under, and they dropped it like 20 seconds down after that clip went viral of her singing. So that's that's one of those where it's like, I'm honestly, I'm not on social media enough to do that, but other people are. So I'm just waiting on text. Like as soon as that comes out, whenever she does her practice run, 
that's when you just hit all these books for the under or the over, depending on how long the time she gets time for. So that's one of those where people have to be on Twitter this week if you want to catch that, because someone's going to put it up. Someone in media will put up how long they sing for. And that's that's a great advantage. Like, again, that's how you use social media to your advantage. The person singing the national anthem this year is a singer named Mickey Guyton. I guarantee it. I don't know who it is. She's a country singer. Um, I guarantee at some point, international recording artist, Mickey Guyton. That's how they introduce anybody that the entire world not, might not know, is they will say international recording artist. Uh, if I can get a prop on that, I would bet on that. Kerner, do you have any thoughts on the national anthem? Uh, no, I, I spend so much time handicapping the actual game. Um, I'm similar to Simon. I just wait for inside info or something, uh, to go off of, but no, like, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not degenerate about it. I'm max betting punter props. So, um, it just, it has to be involving the actual football game, uh, for me to like be relying on anything internally. <laughs> Raybon, he's kind of coming after you. How's he coming after me? <laughs> because I know you are max betting. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you got to max bet props. I mean, what are, what are we doing here? We're not, you got to max bet anything you bet uh, prop wise. I feel like that's just how it goes, but uh, yeah, I, I do look at the numbers for, for this. I mean, uh, not the individual singer, it's tough because it's such a different stage, you know, in the Super Bowl. So I don't, but and if that if that does come out where they say, okay, we've seen the rehearsals, um, obviously you update. But when I start out, I just look at the the times uh, of each singer, you know, going back, you know, in the Super Bowl, and you know, the line that I've seen is somewhere between like uh, somewhere in the minute and a half range for the for the anthem to go over or under. And if you just look back at the last uh, fourteen Super Bowls, uh, it's been over a minute and a half. Uh, each time. So it hasn't gone uh, for a minute and a half or less since Billy Joel uh, in Super Bowl 41 was a minute 30. Exactly. You know, last year it was 217. The year before it was 149, 201, 152, 204, 222, 204, 203, 236. Now, some of these numbers went under um, because the lines were higher. But from the initial line, I just feel like the books opened it uh, pretty low at a minute and a half. I mean, you're talking about nothing since, you know, 15 years ago that that's been that short. So unless they're trying to shorten it and we, there's something we don't know, uh, I'm going to bang the over and then just adjust uh, at, at if we get, uh, if we get different information, but right now I love the over. I think there's like 20 seconds of value uh, on the over. You know what? I appreciate you taking your job professionally, unlike Simon and Kerner who aren't paying attention to what one of the biggest opportunities in the market might be. Simon, if you were to give me your favorite player props right now that you are smashing, will smash, hoping to smash if the market moves a little bit, uh, what are they? Yeah. And I, I, when I look at these kind of player props, like I, I do have a system for it, but nowhere near as extensive as Sean and Chris are. Like I, I'm definitely more of a spreads and totals kind of guy, but the, the, the Super Bowl is where you can really get great value on the player props. And it's like the rare instance where I bet more on props than I do even on the game, just because that's where you're going to find the value. So the, the biggest one that jumped out to me are how many people love T. Higgins. So when I saw his number, it, it's gone up for sure. But the rationale was probably just Ramsey's going to shadow Chase. So that's why you're going to get a good number with T. Higgs. 
And when you're looking at this style, that's that's that is a really good price for him. He's uh right now he's at 69.5 on FanDuel. That's that's a good number for him. His athleticism, what we think this game's gonna go, I could easily see him reaching that number, especially where he's got to step up. He's not gonna be getting Ramsey. That's a big moment for him. My other favorite one's another number two receiver. It's Odell Beckham. He's been really good to me these playoffs. I've just been betting his over props. I've been betting him to score touchdowns. He keeps delivering. So I look at this offense. We already know what Cooper Cup's going to do. Like, he's going to probably end up putting up 100. They're going to shadow the whole defense to him. Eventually, they'll adjust and just have him double box or triple box. Like, they're just going to make it so if they're going to give up a catch to Cooper Cup, it's only going to go for 10, 15 yards. Where Odell, we've seen him get open. We've seen him make these big plays in these playoffs. So, I I love that number. I think it's really short. Uh, Seeing it at 61.5 right now in FanDuel. Uh, Raybon and Kroner, I know in the Propapalooza pod, before we get to, to your player props, you guys spent a ton of time talking about T. Higgins as MVP. Um, Kroner, you first. Give me your thoughts on T. Higgins as MVP or any other MVP candidates that we should be thinking about. Yeah, so that's that's actually my favorite long shot is uh, T. Higgins, 60 to 1. Uh, to win the Super Bowl MVP. If you look at the, the past 20 Super Bowls, um, four receivers have won it. And this Super Bowl has some really good receivers in it. So I think that, you know, looking at Cooper Cup, Olaf Beckham, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I think that's sort of the sweet spot when it comes to value betting uh, on the MVP. And both, I should mention, both starting tight ends are dealing with sprained MCLs. So they'll probably suit up, but, but they're going to be limited and they could be decoy. So that boosts these wide receivers value even more, in my opinion. I just think T Higgins is the guy where, you know, Simon mentioned it, the, the Rams will put extra resources in slowing down Jamar Chase and the Rams play a ton of zone. And we've seen this season that T Higgins tends to thrive against zone coverage. So I think this is all setting up for T Higgins to have a, you know, potential big enough game uh, to win MVP. But Higgins is a guy I think has been uh, undervalued all season long. So just, I'm looking to cash in with a uh, 60 to one long shot on him to win MVP. Raybon, you feel the same way about Higgins. Do you have any thoughts on Super Bowl MVP? I love it. Uh, we had our Super Bowl odds draft at the action network <laughs> and I actually grabbed Higgins and uh, for people out there that, that have followed us for a while, you may remember, I think it was my first year at action uh, in our odds draft. I took Julian Edelman as like a 20 to one long shot to win Super Bowl MVP Oh, and what happened? He won it against who? Sean McVay's Rams. So without a touchdown. And I think that's the key is that for the Bengals to win this game, you know, yes, they could get in a shootout, but I think the more likely uh, kind of outcome is that they they figure out some crazy second half adjustments and they're able to kind of do what they did to Kansas City uh, and slow down the Rams in the second half and, and maybe win a lower scoring game. So I think that puts it to where if Chase is getting, you know, do it having a normal game but not crazy not a monster like 200 yard game that means burrow may not be having a monster game because chase and burrow have been pretty much perfectly correlated with their monster games but higgins could still go for like 100 yards even if he doesn't get a touchdown there's a precedent for a wide receiver winning against these very rams with a with 100 plus yards no touchdowns in the super bowl so i love higgins uh, i think uh, Jalen Ramsey is pretty interesting at 80 to one. If you like the Rams uh, and Leonard Floyd at 150 to one, because I mean, Floyd on that front, you're going to be checking Von Miller. You're going to be checking Donald. I think Floyd's that guy that could get single blocked a lot and, uh, and cause some havoc. So if you like the Rams, those two guys, if you like the Bengals, I think it's Higgins. 
uh, and maybe even a little bit, maybe a couple dollars on some Evan McPherson. We've never seen a kicker win, but uh, you know, could the Bengals could win like a 15 to 12 game, 15 to 10, something like that. If McPherson hits like five field goals, two or three from 50 plus, I mean, you got to give it to him. So hopefully none of them are uh, within 27 yards though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just all long field goals. Only <laughs> yeah. 50 yards plus. Yes. yes. That's all we're looking for. The first will come in the first half after Sean McVay burns the timeout. Yes. Uh, I to love freeze it. Them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we talked about T Higgins. Simon's going to hit his over. You guys both like him for Super Bowl MVP and the odds are there. The NFL season all comes down to this Super Bowl 56 to celebrate. FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking all customers up with a risk-free same-game parlay. New and existing customers can place any same-game parlay of three legs or more on the Super Bowl, and if you don't win, FanDuel will refund you. Same-game parlays combine multiple bets from the same game into one wager for bigger payouts. Build your parlay your way with spreads, money lines, totals, Super Bowl props, and more. Personally, I'm leaning towards the Bengals in this one, plus a lot of Joe Mixon rushing yards over. There's no better place to bet Super Bowl 56 than FanDuel Sportsbooks, who are now live in Louisiana. I love FanDuel for its great promos, even for existing customers like me, and for its extensive Super Bowl prop betting markets. Already have an account? Just place your risk-free same-game parlay before the Super Bowl to qualify. New customers join today with promo code favorites and enjoy 56 to 1 odds on either team to win the Super Bowl. You can turn a $5 bet into $280 cash. That's promo code favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in arizona 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com rg in colorado indiana new jersey and virginia 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in connecticut 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in michigan 1-877-770-stop in louisiana call the tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Kerner, run down your faves, your fave favorite props for me. So, you know, I have a ton, but let me focus on my top two. And the first one, I already mentioned it, is Cooper Cup, longest reception, over 28 and a half yards. Um, This is one of the first props I locked in, because like I mentioned, I was surprised to find value on a Cooper Cup over, honestly, because we know books are probably taking a ton of action on the over so I wanted to get on this quick. A lot, a lot of books have moved it up to 29 and a half. Some have moved up over 30, but look out for 28 and a half out there because I have him going over the 64% of the time. Um, based on his season to date uh, game logs, he's actually gone over the 75% of the time. So I'm being fairly conservative with my 64% estimate. Uh, but even at you know 29 and a half, I still have him clearing this at 61%. Um, this line should be closer to 33 and a half. So love Cooper Cup, longest reception over 28 and a half yards. And then, you know, it's the Super Bowl. Well, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Let me follow up there. You say it should be closer to 33 and a half. Yep. You wanted a 28 and a half. Uh, I got it yesterday, 28 and a half. 
uh, minus, I think, 130 maybe. Um, and that's when I was listening to the podcast within two hours. I was listening to your and Raybon Action Network uh, Palooza podcast within two hours of it being posted. Is that 29 and a half? Some places at 30. How high would you go? What's the ceiling on what you would bet on this? Um, I, I would probably bet up to 30 and a half. Um, that's when the win probability is going to drop to about 58%. Um, so every yard is going to dock about 3%. So just think of it that way. So usually 58% is my threshold and that's 30 and a half. So I, I would bet it up to 30 and a half. Got it. All right. See, there you go. That's an important calculation right there. Uh, all right. What was number two? I'm sorry to interrupt you. So, yeah. So it's, a, sorry, I'm excited for these punter props, but it's the Super Bowl. This is the only game all season we get offered punter props. So I have to attack these. And I did find really good value again this year. And that's Kevin Huber, his longest punt to be over 52 and a half yards. Um, and my simulator has him clearing this 62% of the time. He's cleared this in 13 of 20 games this year. That's a 65% uh, overrate. Um, so this line should be closer to 54 and a half. And this is, this is a market where every single yard matters. Um, so at 53 and a half yards, he's still going to hit it about 58% of the time. So I would only bet it up to 53 and a half, but it's going to be right around 54, 55. I, if I had to guess, he's his longest punt will probably be 55 yards exactly. Um, so I love taking these props and love his longest punt to be over 52 and a half yards. When you saw the markets come out, were punter props the first thing that you looked for? Yeah, and they weren't up yet. But that was absolutely the first thing I looked for because, like I said, this is the only game all season that we're even offered these. And typically, you know, I can find one or two uh, you know, where I think there's this over 60% chance to hit. And it just gives you incentive to literally watch every single play of the game. Cause usually when teams punting, that's when you get another beer or snacks, but no, I'm sitting there sweating punter props. So it's when you refill your green tea, <laughs> no maybe, beer, maybe for you, Raybon. Yeah. He only, Kerner only gave me two favorite player props. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. Uh, I'm going to come to you for your favorite player props. And then I'm going to go back to Kroner because I feel like two isn't enough. All right, cool. So I'll give you my favorite two as well. Um, let's start it off with Matthew Stafford under five and a half rushing yards. So uh, this is just straight recency bias prop. He's been over five and a half in all three postseason games. And so everyone's looking in, in, at it and they're saying, okay, we got to bump this number up at the books. But in reality, this is a terrible number. Matthew Stafford has been under five and a half in 13 of 20 games or 65%. His median is 0.5 rushing yards, which means he goes over 50% of the time. He goes under a half a rushing yard 50% of the time. All 13 of those games where he's had under five and a half, he's had two or fewer rushing yards. So it's just been kind of an anomaly these last couple of games. He scrambled or something like that. He scrambled in under half his games, by the way. Uh, and you look at the Bengals, they, they're not a team that gives up a ton of rushing numbers to quarterbacks because they like to play a lot of zone. We saw them even drop eight in the second half against Mahomes most of the second half. So the Bengals gave up the 10th fewest rushing yards during the regular season. Over 50% of those rushing yards to quarterbacks came from two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. 
over 50% of all of the rushing yards to quarterbacks that the Bengals gave up. Matthew Stafford, two or less than 65% of his games. Uh, this is a terrible number at 5.5. Uh, I jumped on that very early. So I think you got to take that. And my second favorite one is Samaje Pirine, under 14 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. So Pirine, before going over last week on that long screen touchdown, he'd been under this number in five straight games. Uh, he's likely going to need three touch opportunities to get there because he averages under four yards a carry, about seven yards per catch. So uh, he's had um, just one, more than one touch just once in the three postseason games. He really hasn't been a big factor. And now we're talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, he'd be lucky. He'd be lucky to get multiple touches in this game. And even if he catches multiple passes, which is unlikely because his receptions prop is one and a half. Um, you know, he would need, he would probably still need a third touch to go over that. Um, and his most likely outcome is probably one touch. So uh, I think this number is way too high. And just ba again, based on the recency bias of him scoring that long screen pass touchdown that kind of, you know, inflated his average, but we're looking for the median here. Um, and I think his median is, is actually in the single digits in terms of his scrimmage yards. So Samaj P Ryan under 15, uh, 14 and a half rushing and receiving, and Matthew Stafford under five and a half rushing. I thought you said something really interesting in the podcast that you and Kroner did. Again, go check it out. Action Network podcast, Propapalooza. Um, you talked about how the Bengals game plan might only have one great play for him in there. And they yeah. might have used it already. Yeah. So in, if you watch the AFC Championship game, uh, you notice Piran got that, that screen pass touchdown, uh, which was well-designed. Didn't mean for it to go for a touchdown, honestly. It was more like uh, one of those plays that you, you're hoping gets you, you know, a good chunk. But he took it all the way. And then he had another play that actually could have gone for a touchdown, but he ran the wrong route. Uh, and so that was later. So, I, you know, that was, before that, again, he had, had he'd done nothing for five games straight. So they use like the, they had these two plays drawn up for him to kind of catch the Chiefs off guard, you know, because when Mixon comes out, it's usually okay. We don't have to worry about whoever's in the backfield. We work, we got to worry about Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Uzoma. So it's like they 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 kind of threw everything they had in terms of the Samaje Pirine tank out in that Chiefs game. I wouldn't be surprised if this dude like it, he's he's liable not to play a snap in this game. All right. In the spirit of Convince Me, which is the show that the three of us do Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern at Action Network HQ, that is the place where everybody who's been listening to the favorites knows you can get our thoughts and insights on lines as they are changing in real time. That's where everything's up to the minute. On that show, each of you is usually tasked with having to convince me of what bet I'm going to take, whether it's a side, a total player prop, whatever. Um, you've got to convince me of everything. I've already bet Samaji P. Ryan. I bet him under 14 and a half because that was available. I already bet Cooper Cup over 28 and a half. I already bet Kevin Huber over 52 and a half uh, longest punt. I'm going to bet T. Higgins over 69 and a half. I'll probably bet him MVP. Simon, on the show. Raybon's MO all season has been, I'm going to name the ugliest prop I can name to try to get Chad to bet it. He just named Matthew Stafford under five and a half, Samaji Pirine under 14, under 15 and a half total receiving yards or total rushing and receiving yards. As a professional better, you hear something like Matthew Stafford under five and a half yards. 
to me, that just feels so, I know what Raybon is saying about the value and the odds. That's one broken play in a game where everything can go haywire every second because everyone's nerves are so frayed. Yeah, and but Chris is coming from it from a volume better standpoint where it's like if he loses this one on the prop, he'll get it back down the road just because it eventually evens out. So that that to me is scary as hell, though. Like you just said, he just has one broken play. He takes it 20 yards. You're just like, all right, I just need a, a couple big sacks and that's over. But I, I like it just because he's taking advantage of what he just talked about. The, the public is betting that number up because Stafford's been running the ball the last couple of weeks. So. To me, he, he's playing that smart. He's getting a good value on a good number. Actually, let me just mention, too, um, you know, the Rams are the favorite in this game. I'm not saying that, like, they're the best value on the spread, but they're the favorite in this game. So Matthew Stafford could get, like, a six, seven-yard scramble, uh, three nail downs negates that. Right. And that was, that's what I was going to say. Like, famously, Patrick Mahomes a couple of years <laughs> ago, his, his rushing prop was, like, 29 and a half or something yeah. like that. Kroner, I don't know if you remember the exact number. I had, yeah, I had Patrick Mahomes under 29 and a half rushing yards, and he had it, he was about like 40. Yeah, he, he was, was over at, four. I think he like, was at 43. Yeah. So he had three kneel downs that equated to like minus 15 yards because he took he was trying to run the clock as well. So he ran backwards and kneeled down for like minus 10 yards of the clip. It was the most amazing win I've ever had. It honestly was one of the best wins. I, I had it too, and I kept watching. I'm like, <laughs> Am I winning this right now? Um, Kerner, I'm giving you one last chance to give me one smash it right now player prop. Oh, man. So the, uh, I have a few rushing props, but th- this one I love. It's Jamar Chase will have more rushing yards than Cooper Cup. It was minus 140, but it's already been bet up to minus 160. I think it should be closer to minus 230. But, you know, the Bengals have been giving Chase rush attempts in each of their three playoff games. Um, it makes sense. You know, if they're struggling to get him the ball, they get the ball in his hand. So they have some design rush attempts. Whereas Cooper Cup, I mean, it's easy enough for him to get targets. Like he gets enough targets and receptions of the game. They don't really give him design carries. So Cup only has two rush attempts all season that went for two yards or more. Whereas Chase has seven and four of those have come in the playoffs. Um, so there's a chance neither one gets a rush temp and this, this bets avoid, but I have this being closer to a 70% chance. So like I said, this should be closer to, you know, minus two thirty. So I love the, the value we're getting at minus minus one sixty here. All right. We got Jamar chase more rushing yards than Cooper cup. We've got Kevin Huber over 52 and a half to, uh, for max punt, punting yards. We've got, um, Cooper cup over 28 and a half. Uh, for longest reception, we've got Samaji Pirine under 15 and a half uh, receiving and rushing yards. Matthew Stafford under five and a half rushing yards. We've got T Higgins over 69 and a half receiving yards. We've got a lot of T Higgins for long shot MVP. We've got so many field goal. We've got so much for the first play. We've got so much for the unders in the first half, first six minutes, first quarter. I want to hear their best long shots. I'll go first, my long shot. It goes against Chris a little bit, but not really. It's my guy Stafford, two touchdowns, 100 to one. He's had two rushing touchdowns these playoffs. The last game, he didn't get there. He was close, but he did not get there. I had a, I had a friend send me an article that was very interesting about when they traded for Odell. Back-to-back Friday practices, they ran their own version of a Philly special with Odell passing the ball to Stafford. They have not used the play all season. 
this is this is when you bust those plays out. So if I can get Stafford, give me some QB sneak and, you know, first, second quarter, then they run a little Philly special, give me that second touchdown. 101, Chad, I mean, I'll throw a grand to win 100K, and I'll, I'll be damn happy if I ever hit. So that's my favorite long shot, like what the hell, 101 kind of bet. What do you guys think? I love I love the inside uh, Philly special. I mean, that's when you gen- – like this is the last game of the year, and teams kind of save their best plays yeah. for this moment. And it's Sean McVay too, right? So um, last time the Rams went to the Super Bowl, they scored how many points? Three? 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 I think, he'll, I think he's going to pull everything out the bad that he has. <laughs> Kroner, any last long shot that we should be thinking about? Like I said, my my long shot is T. Higgins, sixty to one to win Super Bowl MVP. That's that's what I'm going with for my long shot. All right, guys, we have officially covered it all. This has been the favorite podcast, the Prop Spectacular from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. For Chris Raybon, for Sean Kerner, make sure you listen to their 122-minute Propapalooza podcast on the Action Network. And one quick note for our listeners, be sure to check out the 3 and Out podcast with John Middlecoff every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, only on the Volume Podcast Network. John is an ex-NFL scout who brings his unique perspective to the volume as he breaks down all the news around the NFL and college football. Whether you're looking for game predictions, coaching searches, the ins and outs of an NFL front office, even an occasional golf tip, John has you covered. Download 3 and Out with John Middlecoff only on the Volume Podcast Network. For my BFF, my compadre, my companion, professional better Simon Hunter, we will be back on Thursday talking about the sides, talking about the totals, talking about the sharp calls for the Bengals and the Rams. Don't forget, you can catch the four of us along with Samantha Praviti and Darren Ravel on Convince Me on at Action Network HQ, 11 a.m. Eastern. Rate, review, subscribe, download from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get them. Until Thursday, love you.